Welcome, listeners. It is December 6, 2015, and this is Rose G. coming to you from Vancouver, B.C. Today, I am hoping to bring to your attention the cycle of harm that is perpetuated by the practice of circumcision. Infant circumcision creates unnecessary harm in numerous ways, from physical to emotional and even psychological. The victims of infant circumcision, or genital mutilation, have described physical abnormalities caused by the surgery and emotional and psychological disturbances. In particular, circumcised men have spoken out about the emotions they have experienced when they realized the mutilation that had been done to them without their consent. Some even described feeling violated. The credibility and motivations of the medical community are also brought into question. But what generates this cycle of harm? Is it the psychologically damaged circumcised father trying to justify his own mutilation by taking a knife to his son? Or is it the money-hungry doctors who are peddling a cure to a made-up problem, then selling the foreskins of our nation's sons to cosmetic companies so, so women with too much money on their hands can smear it on their wrinkles and claw at their youth? One of the most notable bits of information regarding circumcision is that the number one reason parents have cited for choosing to circumcise is a desire for the child to have a similar appearance as the father and the child's peers. So is it much more likely that a circumcised man will want to circumcise his son? This is where the cycle of harm begins. The victim of genital mutilation wants the same to be done to his son, somehow justifying what has been done to him and validating his appearance as being normal. One of the circumcision advocate's justifications includes allowing your child to fit in with the other children by circumcising. It is evident our culture has adopted a pro-circumcision stance, even by the language we use regarding circumcision. The words uncircumcised is saying the male has yet to be circumcised, but should we not rather say that they are intact, whole, or perhaps unmutilated? I will now speak to an uncircumcised man about his experience growing up in an area with high circumcision rates. Hello and welcome. I would like to know at what point did you realize that some of your peers were circumcised? Uh, it's probably grade seven, grade eight. I was playing hockey, and uh, in the change room in the showers, uh, other boys were commenting about about it. Would you say a majority of your peer group were circumcised? Yes, I think so. Definitely, yes. Did you feel alienated or picked on because you were uncircumcised? No, not really. I guess I don't care ab- about paying attention to penises enough. Did you have feelings of wanting to be circumcised to fit in? No, not at all. Are you, are you still content with being uncircumcised, and what are your views on circumcision? Yes, I'm happy with myself and my views about it. Uh, I think it's wrong because that person should choose, uh, which the too young and infant baby can, of course can't choose, but it's not right because when they get older they should have that choice. Well, thank you for sharing your experience and views with our viewers of this podcast. Now we will look deeper into the cycle of harm perpetuated by the practice of circumcision. 
When we look at the range of harm circumcision reaches, it is important to note that victims often feel a distrust for Western medicine. How could a doctor ethically perform social surgery on an unconsenting minor, fully knowing the medical unnecessary nature of the surgery and the potential risks it involves? This distrust of Western medicine can lead to further harm as the victim is no longer able to fully trust any medical advice. Circumcision also takes a toll on the parent-child bond that is forming during those first few days after birth. The infant is often tied down and forced to endure the pain without anesthetic. The parent is told the infant is unable to feel pain, which has been disproven through a scientific method. This pain continues for at least a week while the area heals, but will leave the psychological trauma resulting from this barbaric practice. Will it ever truly heal? The logic that the child will grow up and not remember that has what has happened is insufficient. Actually, there has been so no substantial data collected regarding the effect this very painful experience has on a child's psyche. But considering it is often the first severe pain the infant has felt, and it is in an area of the body designed to feel extreme pleasure, it would be logical the experience would have a lasting subconscious effect. The circumcision often results in difficulty breastfeeding, and now the mother has the added stress of caring for a wound on her baby. When the alternative infant penile care consists only of bathing the child in water, it is a wonder why circumcision is done at birth. If our country is not ready to see circumcision as mutilation, then perhaps they would be willing to look at circ circumcision from a logical viewpoint and make it illegal for circumcision to be performed on minors. After all, most of the benefits claimed by circumcision advocates Mommy. most of the benefits claimed by circumcision advocates are not necessarily needed until the child is sexually active. The cycle of harm needs to be stopped and our legal system needs to step up and protect our country's sons from forced genital mutilation. Thank you for listening to this podcast and please seek more information especially if you are considering circumcising.